is the demon bisexual butler. Hello, David. How's it going, everybody? All right. Do you have anybody lined up for me to torture? Go ahead. No, because like the basement's actually full of like weird green tendrils now. So I don't know what's going on down there. I don't want to find out what's going on. Thing's trying to get on the action. Well, you trying know, to, uh, some tentacle porn might actually happen. Well, listen, that's a that's some fan fiction that needs to happen <laughs> ASAP. Can you imagine Swamp Thing making love to Zatanna? I mean, it'll be all types of limbs and tree branches. That's fun. That's a good time. That's a good time. That's a good kink. I guarantee you that exists. (laughs) Search it up on Pornhub. I'm sure it'll come up. Oh, I I know it will. Tree branch porn. It's a thing. (laughs) Oh, tree bark me. (laughs) Tree bark me. Don't get any splinter. Oh, that's all. Wow. That's awful. (laughs) So dumb. All right, so you can find all of our shows wherever you listen to podcasts. However, our preferred places are iTunes and Stitcher. Be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes, even if you don't use iTunes. It really helps us cut through the noise. We need it. It helps trigger those algorithms, and we get seen by more people. Okay, so we have fallen behind a bit, but we are discussing Infinite Frontier, the Swamp Thing number four. This issue is the one, David, that we have been waiting for. Yes. It was filled with moments that filled in the gaps. You know, Ram V used the narrative strategically to start fleshing out concepts that were a bit murky. Yes. We had complained that there just wasn't enough context for some of these things, and we started to feel lost. Not that it was bad, but we... As the reader felt like there needed to be some more explanation. Yeah. I think that honestly, the, the, there was one time in the past, one of the past episodes we talked about where we were, we made the assumption that you're not going to be able to judge this title until you see at least like the first collected graphic novel of right. it, like the first eight or five issues. Right. Right. And when you think about it, and when you, you think about it, when you take into account um, Future State, we just hit a volume right here. That's, yeah. that's six issues now. It's six issues right now. And yeah. all of a sudden, when you get to this point, Ram V brings everything that he's brought, not just from the last issue, but also connecting it. I, I was so impressed with the fact that he connected it with his story that he told in the first two issues, considering uh, connecting it to the Pale, uh, pale Wanderer. Mm-hmm. And... Bringing up that character in this story really made the story more coherent. Yeah. And uh, at this point, uh, after this one, I said, okay, I know where he's going and I really like it. Well, that's what we needed. We needed that path. We we don't need to know what's happening no. because no one, that's not fun. We don't need to know all the answers, but we do need to see the path. And I felt like the path was a little murky and again, I'm making it sound like it went on forever. It just feels like that because there's only one issue a month. But the first issue was fine. Second issue was a bit of a bump. The third issue was 
okay as well, but we're like, okay, what are we doing here? We're starting a new chapter. And then now in issue four, we're getting those, those answers, explanations on a lot of things. Now, nothing was spelled out for you, but through conveyed perceptions and illusions, yes, it, it guided us, you know, through well-paced exposition. And because of that, the bigger picture was exposed to the reader. And you know, what's amazing is when you look at this issue, Ram V just took one page in this entire issue and explained everything. And suddenly everything for me just, and I was really impressed with that, that he, at least within, I'm, uh, I wrote down here three pages. Yeah. Suddenly he goes to the explanation of the green and all of a sudden you like go, okay, I know what he's, what, what everything he's been building up for is building up to this point. Well, yes, exactly right. The cosmology that Ram V has created or expanded on is very satisfying and rich in mythos. You and I talked about this briefly off the air before we started, but I love how he expanded on the green in a way that took the ecosystem and turned it into a type of world in itself yes, with symbiotic relationships and a circulatory system made up of intravenous pathways embedded into the earth that connects everything through a shared memory. Yeah. That's fucking good. That's fucking good. I mean, his one line that I highlighted here that I really loved was the green is a place of living information. Yeah. Just by that alone, Suddenly he then after that, he starts building on the concept of how the green is essentially this mass of memories that have taken sentience. Well, and then connecting that part by mentioning the oldest or first avatar. Yes. The Woodwows. Is that woes? Which now makes sense why it's been included. Yes. But taking that saying and how it was the first to reach out to a human soul. If you're paying close attention, this now officially connects to future state. Yes. Where Swamp Thing acknowledges the importance of the human soul and its connection to the green. Mm-hmm. And now we understand, understand why humanity must be remembered in a positive light. The contamination of the green is linked to this idea that it only remembers that it cannot only remember human darkness. It cannot be allowed to only remember this. Yes. And I love all of this. It's highly intelligent because memory is a type of shared culture Mm -hmm. and culture is shaped by perceptions, indoctrination, experiences, et cetera, et cetera. Memory is far more impactful than any historical text because what do you need to write an historical text? You need firsthand accounts, experiences, and an understanding of societal doctrine. And all of this comes from memory or how people perceive or interpret their memories. Yes. The culture of memory is a real thing. And the more and more members of academia that are discovering that our culture helps shape how we remember our past and how far back our memory stretches. So to see Ram V take these philosophical ideas and make them a part of the narrative or uh, the way he's creating meaning through his arrangement of narrative is completely captivating. Oh, it is. I haven't seen this type of writing, this type of writing since Alan Moore's run. 
And that's really big. Really? That's really big. That's a lot coming from you. You know, that's a big get <laughs> for yeah. Ram V because I'm like, if I'm comparing you to the craziest writer in comic dumb and Alan Moore. Genius as well. Genius as well. That's that's really important here because like in my favorite moment in this issue was that scene between Levi as Swamp Thing and uh, Alec Holland. Yeah. And Holland is explaining to Levi that all this is about memory. And he basically tells him like uh, essentially what I highlighted here was among other things, this place is memory, not of any one consciousness, but the collective memory of all things green across life and death. And then on top of that, you see the artwork of all the past Swamp Thing issues, starting from Swamp Thing number one, and it's just radiating outward. And it's that that type of memory. Doing that type of symbolic writing is very much like Alan Moore when he when he tackled Swamp Thing back in the back in the eighties and nineties. And Hats off to Ravi. I was like, I never thought I would see this type of writing again for this type of character because this type of storytelling is very difficult to actually do, especially in a comic, because your audience isn't really your audience isn't really at first open to a philosophical writing. Well, especially on the regular DC imprint. Yes. That is more mainstream. You can find stories like this more on like Vertigo back in the day and DC Black Label. Yeah. But to get a story like this on the regular DC imprint, I'm I'm amazed that we're getting we're this, getting this. This smart of a story. And think of how smart Ram V was to how he formatted it. Because I, w- I actually criticized the format of this because, you know, you have the first two issues which 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 was gangbusters out. He has this amazing story action pack it gets your attention what you need to do for comics mm-hmm. and then in these past two issues he slows it down and basically says here's my story yeah. now that i got you caught here's what i'm going to actually tell you this is the background of my story this is what the actual overall story is about and it's it's leading up just like what you what you said about that future state issue that we both uh, we both covered it shows the importance that ram v is not he's a man on a mission at this point yeah like that's his end game so he has to explain the his end game throughout the next couple of issues and he's doing such a great job of actually suddenly hit, hooking the audience and then i'm gonna f- hit you with some philosophy and try not to go over your head too much yeah and for people that are new to this show i'm a huge philosophy buff I think it's just fantastic. And whenever you can find a way to interweave a story around ideas of philosophy or philosophical thought, Mm -hmm. then you're going to earn some points with me. Um, We have moved in this issue into some very deep philosophical thought. And that's part of the reason why this issue feels so strong and getting a bit more specific here. Let's leave the realm of interpretation for a moment and focus on the less abstract and talk about things that we wanted that have now happened. Okay. The overt story. One thing we have talked about that was needed was the disbelief. Levi's girlfriend. 
was going along with everything in a way that didn't feel sincere. Yes. There was no disbelief. It went from not understanding anything to saying, oh, okay, this is happening. Cool. But in this issue, we see her disbelief and her doubt that any of this is real. It's almost like a dream. You know, while we are in a dream, we have some doubts, but we kind of go with the oddities because while we dream, it's not odd. It's not until we wake up that we realize that it might have been bizarre. I can't remember the exact terminology at this moment as to why that happens. It has something to do with our brain. One side of our brain shuts down the side that interprets logic. And that's why things that are bizarre in our dreams never raise any red flags. Exactly. So the idea that she was okay with everything because it was almost like a dream state, I thought was a great way to justify that disbelief. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what this felt like. Jennifer was adrift with only Woodrue to guide her through the mysterious landscape of the green. And dude, I love the, the the first part of the comic where Woodrow is talking to her. Is it Woodrow Woodrow? I think it's Woodrow. Woodrow. Jason Woodrow. Well, then why'd you say Woodrow? I keep Which, say, I keep mixing Woodrow. it up. I keep mixing okay. it up because, because I started saying Woodrow because you said Woodrow. Now you're saying Woodrow and I'm Woodrow. like, what is it? You got to remember. For the love the, of God. This is the master of actually mixing up his words, Mike. But so you're saying not to listen to you. <laughs> I am Jason Woodrow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> but that whole part with uh, Jason Woodrow was awesome because it encapsulates the sheer terror of that character. Yes. You don't know if you can trust him or not. Mm -hmm. And I love the part where he basically is pushing the boat and then he basically says, come, come, you need a wordy. You know, Jason Woodrow is a man of his word. Woodrow. Woodrow. He did it again. I did it again. But like, I love the fact that essentially they, the, uh, Ram V is keeping his audience on their toes. You don't know what's real and what to believe in. Right. And that's the type of feeling that you need, especially when you're dealing with characters who have just jumped into the green. Right, which is all very metaphysical to begin with. In fact, I it's believe... Like, it's like Alice in Wonderland. Yes, and and tying in that logical aspect a bit more, Woodrow says, some places are infused with such power that they bend our sense of logic and reality around <laughs> them. It's all very metaphysical. The exploration of reality and existence, it's all very ontological you know it's the the questions of existence and yes. how things work and how we get from a to b i love it it's so thought out and so smart that it does correct some of the issues that i had and maybe in retrospect dave you're right uh, let's say we go back and reread the complete first volume yeah uh future state issues one and two and then infinite frontier issues one through four and honestly probably retrospectively speaking i'm not going to have these issues no because it's one solid read opposed to parts of stories and issues well my biggest my one biggest issue that i had from the last issue was okay you just introduced alec holland ivy and jason and we all know they were dead and like all of a sudden they're alive what the heck is going on oh yeah. this is just the green and i was worried that Ram V was just going to leave it at that, that, oh, this is the green. You don't have to actually understand it. 
But now when you look at my concerns in the, uh, from the past issue, it makes complete sense why those characters are here because like the whole idea of wrapping them up as they are a memory of the green. So what Levi is seeing isn't really them. It's the memory of them. Yeah. That's why Alec Holland is, su- is, is deemed so perfect because he was the perfect avatar. He was the perfect swamp thing. Well, that goes right back to our issue that we had with Levi figuring things out. Like, how does he know how to do this? It doesn't make sense. Please give us some explanation. And they cleared that up as well in this issue. How does Levi figure things out on his own? How does he know how to do certain things purposely or inadvertently? The idea of the green being an ecosystem of memory and human soul. We now see that Levi's soul maybe is perhaps the vehicle for the new avatar of the green, but through this shared culture and memory, he's essentially been assimilated. Alex's memories are his and every other prior avatar, which I like this aspect being clarified because it no longer feels like simply another rebooted character which none of us really like when they mm-hmm. do, well, this is a different version. Most of us don't like that. We like our characters, but this feels more like an extension or just simply a new chapter, a new chapter. We respect everything that came before. In fact, Hey, it's still here, but now we have the addition of Levi's consciousness. Yes. And th- the thing I really loved was there was this really poetic moment in the issue where, Levi questions Alec Holland about his place in the green. And then Alex, uh, Alex says is like, my time has been long and I have wielded much power and experienced great loss, but I am not truly here. Don't you see like the others you've met in this place? I am only a memory that lingers. And all of a sudden Ramvi does this thing where it's like this beautiful fade out of Alec. And it feels like this is a passing of the torch. Yeah. You know, it's now Levi's turn to carry the mantle of Swamp Thing. It's not Alec Holland anymore. Alec Holland's gone. So, and yet he's not. And yet he's not because his memories in the green are is what's going to help Levi become a stronger avatar. And also it stresses the idea that you're not really, you're no longer that person. Once you become part of the green, you are no longer Alec Holland necessarily. You're no yes. longer Levi. You are the green. And that, that harkens back to, to, uh, to Alan Moore's original story about how yes. Swamp Thing isn't really Alec Holland. Alec Holland is gone. Swamp Thing is just Swamp Thing. Yeah. And because they're reiterating that and in, possibly even inter- reintroducing that concept to new audiences or new readers, people who may not have read Al, uh, Alan Moore's run, it actually recontextualized that entire aspect of how the green actually works and what I guess you could say Alec Holland is or any other human that becomes a part of the green, that it's all one person. Just different. It ends up being one mesh of everything's everyone's consciousness. All you're doing is assimilating another soul into yes. the mix of it. I really like that. Yeah, I think it works. We also get some reveals pertaining to Levi's brother. This is something that's also been this nagging was, at yes. us. This so, was actually really good. So apparently, he sought the power of the green. We don't know everything behind that yet. 
And somehow his rage, anger, and overall aggression infiltrated the green. And this, I believe, is what led to the contagion or is the source of the contagion. Dude, how philosophical is that a bad memory can cause so much destruction? The wickedness of the human mind. Yes. (laughs) It's very good. Have we ever seen this in any other comic? (laughs) Not in quite some time. In fact... It's too early. I'm not going to say it yet. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I almost think this might be better written than our Hellblazer run last year. Well, I'll wait because I, <laughs> I, I, around the same time, we both had a problem with one issue in Hellblazer last year. Yeah. With just one issue. And so far we have a problem with only one issue. So we'll see. Well, the interesting thing too, is kind of like this type of story is very similar to that Hellblazer run, you know, because the whole point of Hell, the Hellblazer run with Constantine was be a better version of yourself. Right. Well, here in Swamp Thing, essentially, Levi's being told even bad memories, bad things that have happened will affect you. So you have to be better. Humanity has to be better than itself. Yeah. And, and maybe I'm biased a bit because... I feel like my favorite stories are ones that are examinations of existence and why things are the way they are. And that's probably why this specific issue of Swamp Thing is really speaking to me. Because it's it's not an origin story. That's not the right wording. It's It shows the origins of things, of yeah. concepts. Concepts. And how things come to be. I mean, the shared culture thing is a big thing. <laughs> yes. All right. So you mentioned the art. I'm sad to say that Mike Perkins is gone after this issue. And I, someone yeah. else has picked up the the story or the artistry. So we'll have to wait for that discussion to talk about the differences. I have read issue five. And uh, there are definitely some blinding differences whether or not it's better or worse that's not my point i i don't understand this dave you're a bigger comic book reader than i am why do they do this has this always been because i don't remember in the 90s when i when i was younger and i read a lot of comic books i don't remember comic book publishing companies changing out the creative team so frequently not not more or less the writer, but it's more seen with the artist. Because, That's what I'm saying. Was that a thing in the 90s as well? Uh, no. This is only a, a, a habit I've seen that actually has started up in the 2000s. Okay. Because like... That's what I thought. The way that companies see it is they want to constantly keep everything fresh. So they're constantly looking, okay, we need to find the the, the best artist at the current moment. You know, you have like... Uh, issues of say for example even in like what we covered in the last series Hellblazer they changed the artist yes there was a main artist but he would actually disappear for like two or three issues and they'd have another artist come in and give their own interpretation why I just didn't like that because they want to see what their in every company they have like a writing room, but they also have an artist room. Right. And that artist room is very competitive because you have to be on your A game because 
they want to find, you know, like the next uh, Jim Lee. The next American talent. Pretty much. The next top model. (laughs) they're, They're constantly looking for that next big artist. And when an artist has all of a sudden a stellar run like Mark Mike Perkins did for the, these past four issues, they're yeah. going to look at it and say, you know what, Mike, we're going to shift you over to say something like, I, and, and this is, this is not a joke, but this is honest to God truth. We're going to shift you over to Batman because we want your art on Batman. We want to see what you can do with Batman. Go, go for it. If, if they start picking away my people, that I read for my comic books <laughs> to go fucking work on Batman. I will yes. fucking get on social media because and be a troll. Because especially with these smaller titles, because let's be honest, Swamp Thing is a smaller title. How dare you? But when you have like this talent, they were going to say, okay, we're going to want to bring you into one of our bigger, uh, bigger issues that is going to garner more money. Are you trying to say that all these issues that we read is nothing but spring training for Batman? I hate to say it, but yeah, uh, it's such bullshit. That's what, that's what it's always been like I in DC. At least that's what I've always felt. If they put me in charge of DC, the first thing I would do is say, you are, you're in charge of this team right here. You're in charge of 12 to 16 <laughs> issues. And that's it. Dave, what they did with Hellblazer bothered me. Like I liked Aaron Campbell and yeah. I also liked, who was the other one that took, I forgot the other artist. I forgot too. But they would change after four issues yes, and then go back. That is no different than changing the cinematography in a TV show oh, yeah. where you go from high contrast, you know, high key. And then for no reason whatsoever, the next episode you go low key. And then the episode after that, you go full black and white. And then the next episode after that, you go fully exposed. That's why being a writer in one of the big three is really tough. Because it changes the tone of it, your issue, yeah, of your story your when narrative. you do that. Now I'm a, a little better with going. If I had to choose, I'd rather them do it after six issues, opposed to, hey, here's a one issue with this one, then there's two with this artist, then there's another one with this one, then we're gonna go back to this one. That is just a a, a fuckery of <laughs> contradictory tones. Yeah, but so because I, but because you know hotness new hotness is uh, mike perkins yeah all of a sudden mike perkins the, the batman team basically goes you know what we want him this guy is really good um <laughs> he's on our team now <laughs> says, you know we're gonna go ahead and take him from you um and uh just give you this guy well who is he yeah brand new brand new he's done nothing in fact uh he um um Worked on, um, what's a shitty imprint? Uh, he worked on uh, Young Justice League. Oh. <laughs> he, he worked on Dynamite, the John, the John Carter Dynamite. series. Yeah, so overall, I think I'm, I'm being a little bitch right now because I just love, I love Mike Perkins' well, work. Dude, his He's, work in this was perfect. I mean, later on, my score for this issue... A lot of it is because of the art, because you can tell the synergy between Ram V and Mike Perkins, because when Mike Perkins has to actually draw a really informative yet psychedelic page, he goes all out. Yeah. He doesn't hold back. <laughs> the thing that it really worked for me is just the tones that he uses, the uh, the saturations, like the tone conveys 
the green, but the mixture of desaturation helps. Yeah. Within, you know, with the idea that you have a contagion, uh, the corruption of the green, the corruption of the green. You have the, the cracks and the pieces falling off. Just his chosen saturation is what sells the idea. That's why I'm saying it is so important when you put together a TV show. I'm going to use this again as an example. The cinematography is so important and is directly related to how people ingest your content yeah. and how it makes us feel subconsciously. And same thing is can be applied to the art on the comic art. book. There's a tone there that conveys a thought. And whether or not the next artist that comes in mimics the, uh, the idea, the same, let's say they're utilizing the same idea. That's fine. But this artist is going to do it differently. It's going to yes. look different. And it may pull the readers out for a bit. It may create conflicting feelings subconsciously. I just don't think it's a good idea. And I really wish it was a habit that they would pull back on. Oh, absolutely. Because especially since one clear example of how good, it, how important it is for a story to show continuity when it comes to art was the, was the moment that I previously mentioned about where Alec Holland is explaining memory to Levi. Yeah. And you see, like, I give Mike Perkins a lot of credit because it didn't hit me till this page where you see he even copied the tone and use of shadows from comics back to the seventies. Yeah. Like that one panel where it's just radiating out and you see these moments, the memories, and yeah. the memories of swamp thing. That's an actual image from, from, you know, a comic in the 1970s. One of the, one of I was the, going to ask you about that. I one thought... of, yeah. That one panel where you see the woman and swamp thing behind her. That's a classic comic cover from Swamp Thing back in the 70s. Awesome. And I'm like going, Mike Perkins captured that tone. The yeah. tone of like, this is a horror comic. It's a suspenseful horror comic. And this character has hard shadows and you constantly see him in shadows. And then it didn't hit me till like, you really actually look at all of issues one through four and the use of shadows was really deliberate to make sure to capture the tone that any Swamp Thing fan who has read since the 70s will feel that this is an actual Swamp Thing storyline. Also, when you look at the genre, the actual genre of this comic is not just horror, but it's also considered a Swamp Noir. Swamp Noir, yes. And if you know anything about Noir, high contrast. High, <laughs> high contrast. So Mike Perkins has done uh, amazing work. I don't typically read comics just for artists. Uh, it usually for me, my deciding factor is always the, the actual writer themselves. However, I might be interested in checking out Perkins other work because I really connected with it. I think it's small little yeah, run so far. I would too. That's why I said he's new hotness. So I wouldn't be surprised. If oh, you hot. The the reason why he's not in issue five hey, is uh, probably because someone from the higher titles basically said, "Hey, uh, Mike's doing a lot of great work, dude." If I Ram find v, out, you don't need him. Yeah, if I find <laughs> out that Perkins was taken to a Batman title, David, 
that, that I will fucking flip. I will. <laughs> I mean, how does that conversation even go down? Okay. I'm so, looking right now. so I'm like, Hey, uh, DC exec, David. Yes, sir. Hey, um, I need a, an artist from, uh, for this new Batman title I'm oh, working on. I have, I have a hundred titles that I'm working on for just uh, the month of September. Oh, I have a hundred titles. Perfect artist for you. He, okay. He, he, if you look at his work in Swamp Thing, it's fantastic. Thing. What's that? Does that have Batman in it? Not yet. Oh, fuck it then. Let's take that artist. Let's go <laughs> okay. ahead. Or we could just include Batman. Maybe we make Batman the, uh, the we avatar. Can, we can have him show up in one panel. How about Bruce one Wayne's panel? soul is actually the new, <laughs> the new avatar. It's called the blue. Oh, <laughs> dude, I would have. Listen, I guarantee <laughs> you, you. would be hurt, wouldn't you? If we, if we, listen, I guarantee you there's, I'm surprised they haven't done that in metal. Because metal is always about, you know, how many different Batmans can we pull out of our asshole? Well, here's a Swamp Thing Batman. That actually sounds kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. That actually sounds pretty interesting. All right. So, David, this does bring us to the end. We do need to get into our final thoughts. I'm going to keep it simple. I feel like my thoughts are very clear. I'm going to give this issue an RMD score of 95%. That's right, Dave. 95%. Why don't you give me your final thoughts and your percent, please? My final thoughts on this, I thought this was a absolute perfect narrator, narrative cap for Ram V's story up to this point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a love letter to any Swamp Thing fan who reads it. It's a 98 to me. Really? This, when you get the vibes of Alan Moore writing wise. And then you have this excellent, excellent chemistry between Ram V and Mike Perkins and the way Perkins draws his panels. Yeah. Dude, this is close to a perfect title. Like I had a great collaboration for sure. I had a hard time basically going, do I go into the studio and say 100? Because (laughs) I would, I could make the argument that this is a perfect swamp thing issue. I would not disagree. (laughs) <laughs> I would not disagree. I so, am actually even more excited. And because yeah. I know what's happening in issue five already, I'm even more amped now because <laughs> issue five just continues the greatness. Yes. Which we'll be releasing that discussion hopefully very soon. All right. So this does take us to the end of our show. David, I do want to remind people yet again about our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Digital. You can get more House of Mystery for just a dollar a month. That's right. Just one dollar and you will gain access to our pre-show that we call the Oblivion Bar, where we are very casual and we talk randomly about uh, things related to John Constantine and the world of Swamp Thing. Sometimes we get really serious about a topic. Sometimes we're stupid and make fun of Batman for a good 20 (laughs) minutes, but it's fun. And it's more content. And when you pledge a dollar or if you want to just pay for the year up front and be done with it, you can pay 10 bucks because we give you two months free. Um, And when you do that, you help yourself because you get more content and it helps us stay on the air. We need the support of the listeners. It's the only way we can continue to do our shows. We need it. Patreon.com slash Rayman Digital Pledge. Subscribe. Do your thing. Thank you, David. Thank you. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks and spit on them when they're down. 
leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I walk my path alone, because let's be honest, who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?